Welcome to our rainy day edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who, much like Ziggy, is followed around by a storm cloud everywhere he walks. I give you the Brent. I call it shade. Is that what you call it? It wet shade is what it is. <laughs> if you joined us last week. That's what rain is, wet shade. That's true. We spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this week, Brent, we're going to be looking at games that were, bam, rental exclusive games. Yes. You know, a day like today, it was a little bit rainy. This is where you roll into your local Blockbuster Hollywood video, any of the number of local And then get stores. kicked out for trespassing on abandoned property. Well, in, in the old days, you roll in there, you reach up, you reach up an old, like, uh, uh, martial arts flick, you get you some sort of violent action film, some kind of creepy third or fourth rate sci-fi movie, you take it back to the pad, you get yourself a pizza pie, and you just lose yourself. In beautiful rental glory, and then you make sure you rewind that tape at the end of the night. <laughs> no, and then you lose one of the tapes, get fined like $150. <laughs> Are you saying that you were not a good renter? No, I was a great renter. You were? You, in, growing up, I when it comes to renting games, and this is an odd way to start a segment, when it comes to renting <laughs> games, I grew up right at the perfect time. Yeah. Because... Uh, Blockbuster won their lawsuit with Nintendo that said that they could they could rent games and uh, that literally was my childhood. That was absolutely my window to gaming for like ten years. I would rent. Mom and Dad would take me down to the the, the local generic rental store because we didn't have in the beginning we didn't have a blockbuster or a hollywood video we didn't have any of that crap Actually, we did have a blockbuster before you were even born there's been one that was doing down a button uh, down there near where kroger's is now forever well, well, maybe maybe i should re- reiterate this we as in the family didn't go to blockbuster wrong again i swear mom and dad rented the vcrs for my birthday party i mentioned last week i went i'm just killing this i argument. went no i went tonight uh to milton's video store that's where we rented oh, that stuff was the good from. store though that's different well that's where we went to and we would rent games. Did you remember, Aaron? I don't know if you were around for this. When uh, I bet I was. the storefront down at the beginning of the neighborhood, walking distance from our house, had a rental store in it. Yeah, it wasn't that long. But yeah, that was sweet. <laughs> you know, the funny thing They is, wouldn't let me rent games because I was too young. Yeah. It was so annoying. Back in the day, like for a while, rental stores were like arcades. Like they popped up everywhere there was empty space. Kroger's rented films. Yep. Farmore had a huge video selection at the pharmacy. Like the local Dairy Mart, they always had a choicest garbage films. Horrible, schlocky horror fi- flicks, bad movies. You know, they were all in terrible condition. But everyone was written films. There were video yeah. films everywhere. And so it's natural that they would get into the realm of written games, uh, man. And so when that became a thing, and by the way, before we get too deep in this, I went to a place in Lexington that actually rented PC games. Go explain the math on that one. They didn't last too long in that market. So we're going to talk Buy, about... burn, return, man. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I rented a lot, if you can believe it. So we're going to talk about games that you can only get from a rental store. Now, like you said, you go into it a little bit with what happened with Blockbuster and Nintendo. Well, I mean, they were, uh, Nintendo tried to block them from being able to rent games. They said it wasn't the same as renting movies. Uh, and, and took them to court, and it was a long court paddle that eventually had them coming out on top and gave them the legal right. Now, 
it's kind of funny when you go to the store and you buy a cartridge <clears throat> back in the day, you know, 50 bucks for a Nintendo game, right? Take it home, play it, all is good. Well, rental source is a little bit different. You have they pay a licensing fee, and the price of that game is like usually ten times more than if you just went to the store and bought it. With the with the uh, concept of <clears throat> they're going to make their money back on rentals. I know where we rented from. The majority of the time, you would rent for a, a five day stint, which that was pretty good because we could rent it on a Thursday or a Friday and take it back on a Monday or a Tuesday. And for me, it gave me plenty of time because I was a, just go in there and beat the game. Just play, play, play until your fingers bled and your your eyes watered and you got through the game. That way, when you returned it, you didn't have to rent it again. For me, renting a game twice was just deemed a failure. But yeah. it did happen on occasion, especially in some of the larger games. But uh, yeah, it's it was an interesting time. Of course, uh, it went mail order for a while with Gamefly. Yeah, very uh, popular. And I did try out Gamefly uh, in the the uh, end of my console playing because there were games I wanted to play but I didn't have access to. Uh, that was a weird service. Did you actually ever do a Gamefly rental I never, service? I never did because I, I went to uh, Aaron Flies when I flew in, but I pirated wherever yeah, I wanted to see, flew out. I'm not a scumbag, so I would actually go and rent the games. <laughs> oh, and oh, sorry. Th- they had the same concept. You get it for about a week, and as long as you put it in the, the post box before you your time. It, I you just had it until you sent it back. I thought that's the way it worked. You had to, you only got it for a week? Um... Two plans. Two plans. Uh, Netflix, same t- kind of same yes. deal. Yeah. yeah, there were no, there were two plans. There were also you could only have so many games out at a time. So to get your next game, you had to send oh, one back. I see. You had a queue, right? Yeah. I recall. Yeah. Um, I did that for a while and, and until they said that I didn't return a game. Yeah. And and it became a thing. So you stole and, a game? Uh, no. And you called me a scumbag. No, I, I actually I returned the game. They <laughs> well, what had happened? If we're going to go into the story, let's oh, go into the story go. proper. I had requested a game. I can't remember what the game was. Yeah. I think it was uh, Red Steel for the Wii. All right, um, the Wii. Uh, you were a man when the Wii was out. So, so you were still renting from GameFly. Yeah. All right. Why would I buy the game? All right, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> so I had put in a request for Red Steel. No one had it. it took forever. It was on the queue. On the queue. On the queue. They eventually sent me two copies of Red Steel. Right. Two copies. Same. It was in the same mailbox. They sent them at the same time. Well, I was like, I just put one of directly back in the mail because you only got so many games. I think I was on a three-game program. So I sent one back immediately. Played Red Steel a little bit. Sent back the other one. Well, they were like, hey, you never sent back Red Steel. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I sent back two yeah, Red Steel. You know, I have a vague recollection of this. It seems to me, when you got those two in the mail, you came to me and you said, oh, they screwed up here. This one's coming home to daddy. And you stuck that in the old collection. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure that's the way it went down. No, I did I did uh, uh, end up 
keeping a couple GameFly games because they had a rent. You could buy the game after you rented it, yeah, and, and they would take off a certain amount, and, and then they were supposed to send you the box and stuff. They never did. That was a complete scam. Well, but, these uh, things were sort of they were iffy to say the least. Anyway, of course. There, I don't think there were any services that did mail order with cartridge. It was all disc. No, it was all disc for that point. Cartridge would not thing, survive. The one thing, uh, and where we're going today is, these are games that, you, I mean, these were games that, in fact, a lot of them, the N64 in particular, seem to be hot and heavy. These are games that were available on cartridge. You just go out just like you read them, like you were written a VCR tape. Yes. At the local, at the local uh, video store. Now, when you rented a, a, a game like a cartridge game, normally you just had the entire library, but today's show is dedicated to those games that were just exclusively rentals. Yeah. Now, one would ask, why would you why would you do that? And there are a variety of answers for that. Sometimes you're it was something that Blockbuster or a big video chain set up ahead of time. Sometimes it was because the game uh, wasn't great. Or was it uh, uh, something they thought was going to make a lot of money, but they'd already made it? Yeah. That's a, that's another reason. Uh, and But when you got these games uh, that were exclusives, I mean, I would assume if they're exclusive, they're getting rented at least initially, just on the basis of someone being curious whether they're any good or not. Well, it's kind of funny. Um when you when someone says, "Listen, we're going to set up a blockbuster exclusive," almost none. There are some exceptions, but almost none of them were. We're never going to sell the game down the line. Most of them is we'll give you an exclusive to rent this game for six months, and then we're going to put it on the store shelf. Uh, and the reason why a company would do that. I mean, like you said, there's multiple reasons, but one of the big ones was they knew that they were going to sell X amount of copies right now. And that might mean the difference for the money to pay for the distribution of the wide release. So it was a, sometimes it was purely done as a cash infusion to get you across the finish line. Um, of course, there's other reasons. When people do contract, they did contract like a blockbuster or whatever and said, listen, uh, I mean, we want this game to be ours. We don't want anyone else to have it. And then you would never get off the rental shelves, uh, which is the case with my game, sort of. We'll get into it. But, yeah, interesting concept. It didn't happen a ton. I think there were only maybe four or five uh, Nintendo games that would were absolute exclusives. Uh, that only got put on blockbuster shelves. And, of course, once those games got out into the wild or when a store was shutting down and they were selling their merchandise, I those would get snatched up in a heartbeat. But finding boxes for them and instructions for them almost never happened because those things typically didn't come with your rentals. That The store had all that stuff, and technically it should have been in the back somewhere. But, you know, when you've got thousands of movies and games that crap's getting pitched yeah just i i made a little i called together a little list here tell us a web page i'm not going to go over every game that was ever uh, an exclusive just to name a few just to give you an idea of what was going on uh clay fighter tournament edition for the snes yeah which was not a whole lot different from its predecessor uh eek the cat and by the way i should mention that I don't think uh, it's legal to, to do this in Japan. I think this is sort of a, I don't know how it is in other countries, but I'm pretty sure in Japan that, that you can't rent video the, the rentals. Yeah. Um, also, Mr. Nuts, if you remember that one, 
The Ren and Stimpy Fire Dogs game. By the way, all these are worth a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, it's funny going over this list because it's stuff you're like, oh, yeah, this is big. This is a big money. Uh, Madden 93 Championship Edition for the Genesis. Which that one's got a funny story behind it because, of course, Madden 93 existed, right? Yeah. But the, the Champions Edition, the, the Blockbuster exclusive, didn't have normal teams. It was all of the all Madden teams. Like, you know, when you had a, a, a team... In a year, 72 Dolphins. Like an all-star team for an entire year. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that was all you got. That was that was your team. You couldn't just pick, like, uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins. It didn't work like that. Then we had, a, there was a slew of these for the N64. Clay Fighter, 63 and a third. Sculptor's Cut. Yes. Was an N64 release. Transformers Beast Wars. Trans Metals, which is another weird one. NFL Blitz Special Edition, which I'd say is a little bit like the Madden. Anytime you get the Special Edition, the Limited Edition, this is what I saw come up a bunch of times, and I almost picked it, but even for me, it was too dopey. <laughs> Razor Freestyle Scooter. Yes. It looks like that Bobby Hill on a scooter. is a little geek. <laughs> International Track and Field 2000. Yeah. yeah. These are all for the N64. This one I didn't even know existed. Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine for the N64. I know about that. And... <laughs> We'll stop here. The Katana N64 Limited yeah. Exclusive. Die Katana for the N64. Hey, let me tell you something. No good. So, and there are plenty <laughs> more of these. So, I mean, I was actually surprised. We had more to choose from than I thought uh, when we uh, finally got down to picking the game. I'll go ahead and lead the dance, the bread. All right. You know, I will say, I like that. My new thing is picking games I've never heard of and then hoping they don't suck. And that's what I did this time. Uh, when I looked around and chose, bam, Stunt Racer 64. Yes. You know it's gold. If it's got 64 struck to the end of it. No, you don't. I almost, <laughs> that's a good point. This is a, uh, a obviously an N64 game uh, developed by Boss, the Boss Game Studios, published by Midway. I looked into who was behind this, just for the basis on what they'd done. That's produced by Kevin Potter. He actually did a lot of good stuff. Uh, Raider Rumble 1 and 2. A lot of the newer gauntlets he did. San Francisco Rush uh, and Hydra Thunder. So you can see the pedigree yeah, there. Yeah, it makes producer. complete sense. The lead programmer was a guy named Chris Pink. He did a lot of like mm. EA rugby and cricket and sports games for like the DS and the Wii and stuff. He was the, he was the king dog on this one. And the uh, music on this, which is, I will say, it's different. Uh, yeah, the, I thought the it was composer decent. was Devin Hurd. He did the tunes for Fear on the PC, which I thought was a really neat kind of mashup game. I don't know if you played it. Uh, and uh, a few others, Age of uh, Empires 3. Did a lot, so he did a lot of sort of backgroundy type music. I guess all of them do. Uh, this was a release that, now get this, not only was this an exclusive rental title, but you can only rent this in, the, in North America. This had no other release anywhere. Wow. Anywhere, no Japan release, no Europe release, nothing. This came out in October 3rd of two, 2000. So, so late, late in the game. That was late in the game. Now, I did a little digging as much as I could to figure out, okay, how does a game end up like this? And it turns out, so apparently this game had been in production for a while, and they it's one of those situations where they just kind of, it's almost done, it's almost done, it's almost done. And so eventually, they were, Midway was like, we're, we're going to cancel it, like, I'm taking too long. And finally, they, they, they said, okay, it's almost done. 
we'll finish it off, and then it's just going to be a rental. So I guess they didn't have a whole lot of faith in what they were bringing to the table. So you probably figured out this game, uh, Stunt Racer 64, is a racing game where you can do stunts, right? <laughs> Allegedly. So uh, when you start the game, you get the usual options you would expect. There's a contest mode, a quick race uh, mode, and then you once you select what you want to do, you go through, and it, well, so there, it gives you quite a few options. For, first of all, you can have multiplayer on this. Yes, four-player four multiplayer. Player screen, which that would be fun. I didn't get to try that. Uh, this also gives you the choice of uh, uh, you get to pick your car, you get to pick your track, you get to pick your driver amongst... And <clears throat> initially, and unfortunately, I didn't get far enough to where I unlocked a bunch of stuff, but initially, you get uh, it's a pretty limited selection of cars and drivers, but you can eventually expand them. And then you, once you get all done with all that, you get to pick your track. Uh, I think initially this thing has like four or five tracks to start off with. Well, three tracks and two stunt well, areas. That's right, and we're going to get to those. So if you just race on this track, what you will see initially is what I would call a uh, sort of a very standard racing title. I mean, I think it looks good. I think it's got a, I don't want to say it's a, a San Francisco Rush clone because they try to go out on their own, but I mean, it actually, the viewpoint, the way, and the, and the, and the way the track looks, it's very San Francisco Rushy. Yes. Now you'll recall, uh, Brent, and me and you are both big fans of the, of the Rush series. Yes. Uh, um, the Rush was still a, a big deal. And on the N64, it had multiple titles. It had, it had uh, Rush. I think they did. I, don't, I think they did Rush. Now there's a separate title. I know they did uh, Rush USA was on there as well. They did uh, the uh, was it Rush twenty ninety nine or I think whatever it was twenty ninety four ninety four which was great, probably the best of the series. Uh, and so this is in those veins. As you take a car, go around a track, uh, either by yourself or with competitors. It does give you the option of picking. Uh, and when you're in quick race uh, and picking uh, with or without competitors and then the pe- competitor's skill level, including what I thought was an interesting choice, it lets you literally just pick random drivers for random skill levels. Yeah. You might have some that are good, some that are bad. It's kind of, that's kind of a neat feature. You don't see that often. Though, then you take off going around the track. Now, the controls are pretty basic, as you would expect. You know, you've got... Uh, it's it's kind of set up strangely the way on, on the stick like reverse is a separate stick, but the, uh, you've got yeah, which was stupid and did annoying. you find that odd? Yeah, I thought that, but I mean it's not the worst idea. Well, I just ended up anytime I'd have to go in reverse, I just reset the car. That, yeah, this does have a reset, uh, which unfortunately I'd accidentally hit more often than not. <laughs> I mean, it's not the best spot. I should mention that uh, uh, I had no trouble playing this uh, on the on my emulator. I just I put I played it on the. Uh, on the PC without any problems. Yeah, I had a lot up. more success than, f- with this than I did my game. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, well, so when you start racing, think normal race. Now, some of the tracks get more elaborate. There's one where you're like in uh, uh, like a winter scene. There's a bizarre one where you're in this like toy zone. Uh, those are the three tracks you initially start with. There's just one basic track. Uh, as you go down these tracks... Uh, you get, uh, you'll come across stuff that are like coins. You're collecting coins. Yeah. All right. And you can use these coins to unlock stuff. The more coins you get, the better. Although it's capped out when you play Quick Race. And then after you get like it's a thousand coins, everything you get now goes into like upping your turbo, you know, your speed boost. Yeah. Which you do have a speed boost. Now, while you're in the air, 
you could actually uh, sort of manipulate your car to do, I guess, tricks. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I didn't think when they were they were just basically turn your spin your car around. That's I guess there's not a whole lot. Barrel you can do. rolls and well, flips come, and come pancake in, spins. If you if you've played Rush uh, twenty ninety four, right? That that what you can do the sort of similar thing. It's way it's it may it was I thought it was a much a uh, better example of a game where you do stunts, and I'll explain more to that when I get to the other two tracks. But in t- normal track mode, I would, I would, I found the tracks pleasant, uh, if not goofy. But I thought that uh, the the speed, the uh, the look of them were quite nice. I mean, this is the N sixty four towards the end of its run, and I think they managed to do a good job of squeezing a lot of uh, good looking uh, tracks out of this. I mean, this was. This would have been arcade quality a few years before. These were top shelf. But I mean, and I thought the tracks now here, I did not see the kind of things I expect in a more modern racer of this year, which would have been really cool shortcuts and stuff. Like I, I wasn't seeing that. So did you come across any? Yes, there are shortcuts. They must have been few and <clears throat> far between. Uh, uh, they're almost all jump related. Uh, you know, go off a ramp, go to a secret passage. Yeah. They are there. Usually a track only has one. Yeah. Um, sometimes they'll have two. And, and, and sometimes they're absolutely game-breaking, and sometimes they're just a little hair ahead, which is always good. Yeah. Um, but, yes, they do have shortcuts. Now, this game is set up to where you really, it keeps you pretty much on the track and pretty much going forward. Now, we mentioned there's a reset, a la like Carmageddon, you know, so where you can where you get stuck, you can hit the button, or you you know, and, or you're backwards. You get the button, it straightens you out a little. It does it does send you kind of far back when you come back. It doesn't give you a big boost like we haven't seen in another game. Depends games. on where you are. Again, uh, there you there are places you can set and actually boost. Reset forward as opposed to back. It's never going to help you because yes, it, goes, it does. No, are, you're at a state. You're at a complete standstill. No, I guarantee there are places you can jump off the track. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah, and reset, and it will put you so far ahead that it's worth the speed. Really, loss. Yes. Well, I did not encounter that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm not gonna. I hate to say this is a vanilla racing game. It's it looks not. good. It looks good, but it's not. It's it's not something that blew my mind. I thought it was okay. I don't, I've got nothing bad to say about the racing. The fact that it's got four players is nice. Uh, the uh, the car selection, the cars are all there's sort of a fifties motif in this. Yes. When you come up, there's a there's a chick in a in a uh, uh, you know in a hop suit. She you know like a uh, someone from a driving diner. Yeah. And the car sort of had that big chunky sort of beefy look to them. You know that like fifties. Look, 50s or early 60s look. That's okay. You know, you got like a hot rod, 57 Chevy with the chop top, stuff like that. It's okay. Then you've got the other modes, which are like there's the stunt mode, which puts you in this big sort of uh, stunt room. Half pipe. Again, no, yeah. this is the other one, not the half oh, pipe. The, the bowl. The stunt room has a series <laughs> of ramps, and you can bait and a, and a ring around it that you could drive on. You can build up speed and do stunts on it, and you try to get the biggest score you can in three minutes. Uh, and I thought it was that was real pedestrian. I didn't think I didn't do anything for me. Again, if you've played uh, Rush, the futuristic Rush game, it blows this away. And it was out years before this. And then the other mode is a half pipe mode, as Brent alluded to. The half pipe mode is exactly what you think it is. You just basically yeah. go back and forth. I thought this mode was absolutely pointless. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're a real uh, shark with the stunts, you can do it. 
But, you know, I to summarize, I thought this was a better-than-I-expected game. I will say that right now. When I heard rental exclusive, and then I heard that the game was a late, late release from a company that I didn't know much about, I didn't have high hopes. Uh, as you play in the, like, when you go into, like, contest mode, you're actually earning, you actually can rack up more cash. You pick your driver. Upgrade and, your car. you upgrade your car. Although yeah. the upgrades are, I mean, you've got, you've got a, a speed and a, you know, everything you'd expect. Acceleration and uh, uh, control. Um, it's okay. How did you do in that mode? Did you, would you manage to get very far? Would you, did you try uh, that I mode? mostly did single stuff. Uh, yeah, just time I, trial I stuff too. because I was trying to get a, a, there's a few things I test in games like this but I'll, I'll wait until I get the reins to really go into it so I want you to I want you to completely finish your spiel here uh, when you do the league mode you've got your choice there's like I think it's like five or six different modes ranging from like dumb guy to like incredible tough. and you have to qualify you it, it yeah. makes it judges your skill level and uh, uh it's an they give, gives you a uh, difficulty based on how well you do. I thought, I thought the, that was neat. I thought the game uh, controlled okay. Like I said, the, the reverse was goofy, and I did, and I kept hitting the restart button accidentally when I was trying to hit my turbo. But that's an Aaron problem. I can't play the game for that. <laughs> you know, I will say the HUD is nice. It gives you the uh, it gives you your place in the track. You've got your speedometer. You've got all the stuff you need. I really, I thought they did a real good job. It's sort of busy, but it's not the worst. And at least you've got all the stuff on there you need, so which is nice. Um, it, to me, I, you know, having not seen all the tracks, I, I can't judge what we didn't see. But from what I saw, it's okay. That's where I would. That's what I would say about the game. Uh, yeah, the fact that it's got four player mode, which Rush also has, by the way. Uh, tw- uh, um, that would give it some extra playability. But as a rental title, as a racing game, the one strength it has is it's incredibly detailed and, I think, really attractive graphics. It does a good job of giving you the feeling of speed in your car. The beefy cars are not the... They're okay. They're nothing to write home about. But I would say that in terms of the visuals, I thought it looked quite nice. The aesthetic's okay. It was. It's weird. I don't know. The, the, the theming they were going for was kind of weird. Yeah. You know, like, it was like a futuristic 50. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know? So that, that's an odd choice, you know, but I guess they're trying to be different because, I mean, when it comes down to the actual racing of the game, you're, you're like in toy land and stuff. So they throw that out the window when the race starts. Overall, I thought it was a pretty decent game. What did you think about it? Okay, you're wrong on so many levels. Okay. But don't worry. Thank you. I, I'm Thank here, you, the brand. I, I, I'm here to help you out. Oh, please. Uh, first things first. What The one thing you want to know about when you, you have a racing game like this is, are you stuck to the road or are there actual physics? And the best way to test something like this, uh, especially with this game in particular, Go to the first loop. Every track has some some kind of gimmick. It's either a long jump, uh, a corkscrew type thing, a loop. a loop. It has two types of loop. It has a loop where you actually loop into the loop itself. So you start on the outside. You pick either left or right, and it goes up. And the left or right lane joins in the middle, and then the middle goes through the loop that you're doing. Uh, you go up that loop. And you hit the brakes, and you see, first of all, if your car falls at all. Because some of these games, they don't do physics. They just attach you to the road. So 
you go up there and you hit your brakes and you, and you see if you fall off the loop in this game you do and you see how long it takes for the game to say physics do its thing this game actually a little slow because of that you and you can use other ways to judge this but your car is tight like really tight like when you you don't fishtail around things most of the time you are going straight and left or right you don't slide yeah. you don't you don't you know drift around corners uh but because of that the extreme on your controllers if there are plenty of corners that you can't get around going full speed they're banked they're doing all this right stuff but if you don't slow down you will hit the wall hitting the wall in this game is brutal it nullifies your speed it doesn't stop you it doesn't you don't blow up you never blow up in this game the only way you die is if you ramp off the side which does happen a lot uh but it's it will it's brutal the ai on this ranges from why are you even playing why are you on the same track as me i'm blowing you out of the water to i can't win so it really it, <laughs> did you try the highest level? All right, yeah. It runs the gamut. Yeah. Um which which that's fine. It gives you something to work for. Uh <clears throat> the tracks in this game are full, choked full of atmosphere and, and and really grabs whatever theme they're going for and and pulls it in. When the in the castle level, you've got a big dragon that breathes fire on you. On the robot or the toys level, you've got a uh, robot that shoots like mist on the on the track. And if you get hit by these things, it slows you down. So it gives you things to actively avoid. And these things are up on the side. They're not on the track. They're huge in scale. They're like thirty times as big as your car. And they're looming over the track it's got a house that dances to the music it sways if the house doesn't do anything you know on the track it's just added visuals then it's this game has is tons and tons of that stuff you know food that's like clipping a little bit into the track that kind of stuff tons of atmosphere oddly enough and this is going to be weird and i but i bet you're going to agree with me this the graphics of this remind me of Carnival. Yeah, and, they, and, and a little, especially on the toy level, you got a lot of that. And, and so that's kind of the visuals. If you've never seen this game before, that's kind of the visual style they do for a lot of the game. It's that weird CG, early CGI type to stuff. Me, it's, if you Carnival and like Rush twenty forty nine, he had yes. twenty forty nine had a kid. You'd have something like this. You're right, the big huge guys. Although, frankly, if I'm honest. Like I was, I didn't think that this thing oozed atmosphere. Oh, I think it to does. To me, I thought it was goofy, and also I thought it was. I mean, it was it was just sort of there. Like I don't think I was as impressed with the theming as you are. I, I was. I thought I, I thought it did great. Now, one downfall is in the extreme background; it's just void. They just usually have a swirling color or yeah. clouds or something. That's not that. So it, you know, it is a it is a track suspended in nowhere, and I'm guessing some of that is is we ran out of time. Just put something there. So you're just surrounded by an it's empty not a sky deal box. Though, you know. even though it's not the tracks, uh, like I said, they're visually interesting, but the driving portions of them range from pretty good to pretty bad. Yeah. Um, 
And, and that's fine. Did you try anything aside from the initial tracks? Did you get to try the other tracks? I got one extra. Uh, and how did that one play? But do you remember the? Oh, thing I, I, uh, it was the was the western one. Okay, I think yeah, it was I, the western one. I didn't one. see that one. Um, I, I went through. I looked at. I saw all the tracks. Yeah. Uh, as a rental, I you can tell this wasn't their plan because. The game wants you to unlock stuff. It wants you to go through the story mode. It wants you to upgrade your car. It wants you to buy different cars. Whenever you beat a boss, which just beat them in a race, you get their car. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's not as good as an upgraded car you've already got. They play for pink <laughs> Right. Uh, the, the money pickups on this, uh, I mean... It's just like any other racing well, game that it, has it, this kind of concept. It, it, it does add to the, you know, you, it makes you drive differently, bank it in parts of the track to get that money, to jump differently. You get Sometimes you get those time well, twos and stuff, you get the, extra money. You get so much more money for doing tricks, though, that picking the money up off the track is, is an afterthought. Yeah. It really is. Um, overall package, is this the best racing game on the N64? No. Is this the worst? No. This is a middle-of-the-road game, mainly because, mainly because the controls on this are, are uh, you need to be able to drift. You need to be able to go around those corners. You need to be able to slide that back in. It would have made the racing on this so much f- more fun because the, the course design is designed that you would do that. It has some incredibly sharp turns and... I wish it would have had that. I wish it would have had a handbrake. It wasn't as big a thing back in those days. I know. You know, so they probably didn't know what drifting was when this was out. Oh, no, that's no. You know, let me ask you this. If this was, if you liked San Francisco Rush, play this game. Because it has a lot of the same same track design type feel. Not as good. No, it's not as good. It's not as good. The tracks aren't as good. I think the, the theming, I think the... The environments of the tracks are way better, but I, I think the actual track design is better in Rush. Now, let me ask you: I, the game is called Stunt. By the way, you pretty much agree with almost everything I said, so you didn't take me to school. No, I thought but it was way better the, than you uh, thought. The game is called Stunt Racer '64. Yeah. So when I think stunt racing, I think of something like st- stunts on the PC. I mean, if you're gonna put a, tra- if you're gonna call a game Stunt Racer. Uh, just going up and doing some flippy doos in while you're in the air. This was more like uh, amped or uh, uh, SSX tricky or something like that. I, it didn't no, feel because, like I didn't see like stunty to me. No, because the tracks have stunts built in, the that's, loops that's, and the twists and the not, jumps. Uh, like Rush had those. When I think stunt racer, I want to see like something real wacky. Well, out give there. me an example. I, mean, I don't know. I just want to see like even in something like. Uh, 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 I like really high banked walls that curve over the top, tubes you can spin around in, stuff like that. This doesn't have that stuff that we saw. It to me it just this is this is no more of a stunt racer than Rush. So why is it called that? It, I wouldn't have called it stunt racer. I, I didn't have a problem with that you aspect know, of the game at all. I think that's the thing spinning the car in the air. So that, I, it doesn't do it for me. I, you know, I like I wanted some I like some real crazy stuff to happen. You know, as opposed, I mean, don't get me wrong, and I think they had to bone something really good here. I mean, it's a decent game. 
But I, it's not, to me, it doesn't scream out stunt racer. It just sc- screams out like wacky racer or like 50s racer I, or whatever. I, I, I think the stunt aspect's fine. Every every track has an element that is very stunt. Uh, you do you flip and jump and spin uh, in the race. I don't know what more you'd want. Yeah. I, I, so just to close the door <laughs> on this one. Uh, this was planned on having a European release, but they missed deadlines, so they never did it. And as I mentioned, Midway had planned on canceling this completely, but they went ahead and relented. Which, that would have been a real waste, by the way. They, I mean, completely canceling it. This is way better than a lot of stuff I put on the N64. If we grade these on a scale, this is a B title on the N64 to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think. I think that's fair. I, at, I, mean, I think it's a seven. I looked at some reviews. and six and a half. I looked at some reviews. On this, I don't know uh, halves. N64, Game Zero gave this a uh, 24 and a half and a 25. They loved it. The play control is tight and right on the money, they said. IGN gave this a C. Uh, they said it's okay. Obviously, it's a C. And uh, Video Game Critic in 2012 So this is an oddball title. But if you're looking for a single-player racer, this will do the trick. Uh, we did get some action, uh, Brent, on the Discord here this week. Uh, let's go to our good buddy Pajaco, Jocko, two who chimes in. Being accustomed to the modern 3D racers, I initially found this one to be a little dry. But sticking with it for the science, I began to enjoy it and found I had to force myself to turn it off before bed. Okay, there what you go. What we have here is an arcade <laughs> racer with some built-in cheapness to assure repeat rentals. This would be a great party game for a weekend with a few friends over. It's very playable. With a wealth of cars and characters, plus an upgrade system to keep the game fresh. The stunt side of the game felt a little tacked on. Bam. Even if there were some stunt tracks to mess around on. You could just play this as a straight racer and some tracks really require you to focus on winning and not risking any wipeouts or stunts. On the bad side, the tutorial level was way too difficult. Took me a few tries to complete. The upgrade system didn't really feel like it improved the car, except being faster. I agree with that. I'll admit I only had time to play one league with one car, so maybe others fare better. There are allegedly only 11 tracks, so you will see the same ones many times. Yeah. Oh, and way too much text to read. That was odd. There was, like, walls of text in this, which was strange. There are, are like, 40 characters in this game. All of their own backstories. It's crazy. uh, I mean, for better or worse. Practically, the game is pretty nice. Audio a bit sparse. But the proof's in the pudding, and I ate it up and would certainly play it again at 8 out of 10. Bam, there pretty you go. Good. So a pretty good, uh, pretty good look there. I did look this up on the eBay, Brent. Oh. So here's where it gets we go, We're going into Wacky Town. So first I looked this up. Hey, bam, I found a cartridge, 26 bucks. I'm like, hey, what a bargain. Uh, and then it was like, oh, yeah, this isn't a real cartridge. Okay. And guess what? There are 18 kabillion reproductions. Not real car- yeah, reproductions. Yeah. Who buys these? I wonder. Just to put up your stuff to pretend you're cool. I always wondered about that. Are you really cool for owning this? Anyway, yeah. you're really rich for owning this because these are sold numbers, I'm going to tell you. Loose carts uh, of uh, Stunt Race 64 range for anywhere from 250 bucks all the way up to uh, $400. And that's the loose carts. If you want the box cart... You're going to be selling your stunt car because uh, I saw one go for $1,100. Yeah, I can believe $1, it. $1,100 dues. 
uh, for a stunt car game. But hey, overall, I had low expectations when we played Rental Holy Games because I assumed they were going to suck. And this one smashed my expectations. It sounded like I wasn't high on it. Wrong. It was way better than I thought it would be. So I felt like I, that was a good, that was a good lucky pick there. Now, Brent. You went another wacky direction as you I always did. do. What, what do you got for us uh, today? <clears throat> I, I went with Sonic Adventure Limited Edition. Oh man! Now let's go ahead and get the game out of the way because that's not the cool thing. Uh, Sonic Adventure Limited Edition is Sonic Adventure. Yeah. Full stop. Uh, I will go over the differences, but let's just talk about Sonic Adventure Limited Edition as a game before we go into all the fun stuff. All right. <clears throat> this. Technically isn't Sonic's first step into 3D. That was technically, I think it was Sonic Blast. Yeah, where he did the 3D level. That but was cool. yeah. this is Sonic's first step into 3D. Uh, they basically saw what Mario did on the Nintendo 64 and said, me too. Uh, with, <laughs> if only it was that easy. <laughs> uh, you play as... A lot of members from the Sonic team. You got Sonic, Knuckles, Tails, uh, the girl one, the cat, and uh, a robot. The girl one, the cat, <laughs> Amy. All your favorites. <laughs> Amy. <laughs> Amy is the is the girl's name. <laughs> uh, and they each have their own story to tell. It, it's it's a, a a story based game. You go through the character. Each character has a. a uh, story to tell with different amounts of levels and different play styles. They definitely have different feels depending on who you're playing. The game is <sighs> divisive. Uh, yeah, some people absolutely love Sonic Adventures. And the reason for that is is, uh, you know, it took their character, their beloved character, into 3D. They love the story it told. <clears throat> they love the sense of speed that you can only really get when you're pulling behind the character and you have that stuff whizzing at your face. Uh, it also, uh, uh, a lot of people are like, Sonic's a 2D game. Sonic isn't meant to be a 3D game. You, you, you lose a lot of sense of control when you step into 3D. And a lot of the fun is lost because if you don't know the levels... Now, this is true of the 2D games as well, but I think it's really amplified in the 3D games. If you don't know the levels and it, spend most of your time lost, there is no sense of speed. Yes, the path is sort of linear. It sort of tells you where you need to go. It does give you branching paths to get there in a multitude of ways, but if you don't know what you're doing, it's a slog. It is slow. This game is meant to be played multiple, multiple times and almost really get like a high score. How fast can you get through the levels? This is almost a racing game. Uh, Aaron, real quick, did you play this when it first came out for the Dreamcast? I owned this game. I mean, a legit copy, everybody. Not this game, but the original. Not limited edition. I'd be laughing sure. right now as I was going to Bizank. Uh, but I own this much. game. It, it, it came with my Dreamcast when I bought it. And now, I, okay. So here, I'm going to come clean. I was never the biggest. I like Sonic the Hedgehog, okay. It's you not mean the favorite. character or the no, game? No, the game. The okay. original game, right? I was okay, but I was never that great at it, you know? Sure. And so I thought to myself, hey, here we go. What do we got here? And, you know, Sega has a way 
of rendering these uh, atmospheric areas. So they've got they're very they do stuff. The team is very clever. All right, they're not idiots. They, okay, they have a look, a style. Okay, and I thought they nailed the look and the style of of a three D world for Sonic to run around in. The look of it is cool. Okay, I thought the character looked pretty good. Cool. Oh, hear me out. Uh, the, but this game, right, this reminds me a little bit of when Worms went into 3D, right? Oh, no. Hold on. Oh, here. Let God, me no. There were some tepid first steps. <laughs> but, I mean, eventually, they got it. Like, the, I, me and Luke played a 3D version of Worms. That's quite good. So they got it. And this, now, I will say, this is better than the original 3D Worms. <laughs> I hope so. But this is a game, if you're used to playing the original Sonic and, and, and the way that plays, like, this is more like a... a I don't know, like, uh, it's not even really like Mario. It's sort of more like some of the stages of, like, Crash Bandicoot or something. You know, where, you, where you're behind the guy and you're running through the... And the you know, sometimes the camera even switch around. Yeah. Where this game falters is that... Uh, and this sort of happens in Sonic, and you sort of mentioned this. Like, if you don't know the levels real well, it really hoses up your sense of speed. Yeah. And then it becomes annoying because you keep running into crap. This is the ultimate run-into-crap game. It is. Like, you're trying to go through the level like a champ, and then you look like a geek because you keep hitting stuff. You didn't see it coming. You're like, oh! And it hoses, and you feel like you get, you get irritated. You know what I mean? And this game does that. It makes you mad. So it's got really nice visuals, some really cunningly designed parts of the levels that really have really cool events that happen, but also some real irritating crap. And, like, this one is meant to be played over and over and over, yeah. perfecting your game, yeah. sort of like a speedrunner, until you had no everything on the level, and then that, it becomes a different sort of game yes. at that point. It's a dexterity game, where at the beginning of it, it's a game where you want to chuck your Dreamcast controller across yonder room. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. And, and I actually, I, I 100% agree. Holy smoke. This is, <clears throat> the people who love this game were the people who sat down and figured it out. Oh, I did not do that. I, I meandered through like a moron, <laughs> just trying to get past the level. Uh, this is a 3D platformer, uh, adventure role-playing game. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Text, everything. <laughs> uh, it has hub locations where you're, oh. where you're just getting story elements before you go to the next uh, locale. It, it is... If you just want to go, if you just want to play the game and get through the levels, it's not like that. There's, there's story, and it's going to make you care about the story whether you want to or not because it is always in your face with the story. I mean, when you first boot up the game, the first segment, story, bam, right there. That's also something that, I, I mean, as much as I like the atmosphere and stuff, I don't necessarily need to delve deep into the realm of the backstory of the Sonic gang. Well, you know? to be fair... Now, I did not play through all this, but I did extensive research. I watched the whole game. Uh, to be fair, the story for these characters, if you care about the Sonic team, has some okay storylines. Um, it's not all just about defeating Eggman. It's not just all about getting the Chaos Emeralds. I mean, they might that might be the goal, but it gives you the character motivations. If you're into Sonic, this is the first time that's ever been explored, especially to this depth. It's interesting. For me, 
I'm not. I, I, I don't like Sonic in that way. Is anyone into that? We're just friends. <laughs> Is anyone into seeing Sonic's backstory? Does oh, yes. Does anybody care about that when yes. he's in 2D? Yes. Yes. There are lots of... And that's cool. I mean, he had because, a cartoon. And, yeah, he had a whole cartoon comic series, movies. The dude's... I forgot about the movie. The dude's got fans who want to know about his personality. That's not me. That's yeah. fine, though. If you're not into that, that's going to hurt the the game experience because it really wants you to be into that. Yeah. That's fine. Um, the game overall, though, controls great. It looks good enough. Uh, I, 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 I mean, look great. I, it does. It does. It's hard in a modern setting to go back to these Dreamcast games uh, with... You know, without wearing some rose tinted goggles and be like, "Oh, that's awesome!" I, I, because things I, got so much better. It looks way better than the the N sixty four stuff, though. I oh, well, yeah, but it's also. <laughs> but I mean, I think it looks yeah. nice. Yes, I agree. Um, it plays fine. Sound is good, real good, in my opinion. Uh, the locales are varied enough. Even though a lot of the theming is the same, it gives you a path that you run down. You make uh, timed jumps. You've got your ball attack. The bosses, again, they're okay. You, you, it's all about waiting till the guy's weak spots open, and hitting him with the ball attack. That's fine. All that is fine. Yeah. For me, and I know we're going to get a lot of hate. For me, this game was fine. I don't think it was a high. I personally prefer 2D Sonics. <clears throat> it's fine. This was that first timid step in the three, including the bosses. Like everything in this game, it wasn't super timid. They took a stride. They did the stride. 3D, yeah. but it wasn't like take Randy and go like woohoo, I'm the king. That that came later on down the line. They got better at it. But it, for an opening volley, the problem is this came after Mario 64. Which set the bar high. It did. Now, this looks better. It does some stuff better than that. Of course, but, it was several but, years later. Right, but my point is, that now the bar had been moved way up. Yeah. yeah. So, let's get on to why this is actually in the rental exclusives. Because this, we're going down a deep, dark path. All right, dark? Yeah, in okay. my opinion. All right. Sonic Adventure Limited Edition. Of course, the Dreamcast released over in Japan... Not quite a year before it released over in the U.S. Yeah. And the U.S. was hungry. They wanted the Dreamcast, right? So Dreamcast was like, listen, we're going to put out some Dreamcast into some storefronts, and we're going to plop the old limited edition in that, okay? Now, those kiosks, for the most part, or during this time era, it would let you play for about 15 minutes, and then it would reset the system. One of those gimmicks. Right? Yeah. So... You could, or also you were standing in a storefront, so yeah. you couldn't just go in and play it for seven, eight, nine hours. It was you get a taste of the game, you're done, go away, get out of the store. So the the Sega team obviously thought this was the best thing ever, All right. because they made an exclusive deal with Hollywood Video. That would allow you to rent a Dreamcast Sonic Adventure Limited Edition for two nights, three days, for twenty dollars, 
three or four months before it was released in the stores. Pretty good. Stupid. That's a good. That's a good deal if you get it. Stupid. What? What are you saying? Stupid to? Sega's choice to do this. Oh, as opposed to just releasing when they should. Stupid. Yeah, because everybody played it. So, you take your flagship game, and I maybe maybe Hollywood Videos gave them so much money they couldn't say no. I don't think that was the case. Maybe they did. Hollywood Video, for those who don't know, was a rental store. That was started, I believe, uh, uh, on the West Coast, but spread. And it, at its heyday, it was opening a new store every day in the U.S. Holy smokes. And uh, they were like we, an upscale blockbuster. We had one within a, a 30 mile radius of us where we live now, but it was never around practical for us to go and rent stuff. I didn't even know this deal existed, okay? Yeah. One of the things that Hollywood Video agreed to do was to pump millions of dollars into an ad campaign about this rental deal. I never saw it, or at least I don't remember seeing it. And I would have I would have thought I would remember, but this was also in my college days, so who knows. <clears throat> so you've got the Dreamcast your flagship title that you can give to someone for twenty dollars, they can take home, and this is this is it. This is them judging your your system, your title, your game. This is the whole package. They're judging you off this. Now you could later. <clears throat> this was not at the at the time of when they started the promotion, but you could later also rent Power Stones. Uh, Ready to Rumble or NFL 2000 for $5 per game, right? Which was the launch lineup for the Dreamcast. Yeah. That came later. That was something you could do. But the initial offering was Sonic Adventures Limited Edition for $20 plus the Dreamcast. That's a great deal. Years before, or months before release. The difference between Sonic Adventure Limited Edition and Sonic Adventure here in the U.S. is minimal but important. Thing one that's the biggest difference. You have the American, the English voice actors with the Japanese mouth movements. Okay. So, I mean, this is a big deal. It's a big deal when... A lot of your game is story, and you have so many of these cutscenes, and the characters are just going like this, and the ma- it, it doesn't match up. Or the, the cutscene will end early, and you're still hearing the voice of somebody talking, but now it's shown to somebody else. It didn't, it didn't sync. It also took off all the online capabilities, which is the leaderboards. Yeah, but no one used those in America. Come on. No, they did. Because let's let's look at what we talked about, Aaron. All right. What did we talk about? We said, oh, this, this is a very story-driven game. Right. So now the story is extra weird because the mouth doesn't move up. What was the other thing we said, Aaron? This is really, you play the levels, you get good at them. What do you want to do with that? You want to compare yourself to out there in the world who's, who's doing the best of this kind of stuff. That functionality was turned off in the rental. So some of the big selling points... 
<coughs> for the game were not available for the, what these people were in. But no one knew that. They just thought they had the Sonic game. So it was it was poorly received compared to the actual release version. A lot of people... Also, there were bugs. I think um, it mentions the internet connection not being there when you start the game. It does. It does, yeah. And but if, this is a rental. This and, doesn't seem like a deal breaker to me. None and, of this stuff. And, and if the, you can actually still click on the link. It, the the internet, the online capabilities is grayed out, but you can click on it. And it sh- rolls just like a teaser trail, a teaser video of some stuff. Weird. But my opinion, I think this was a horrible move on Sega's behalf. To put your flagship game, the game that you are using to sell systems, into a rental bundle where people can judge it for $20. Because, let's be real, if I was going to, if I wanted a Dreamcast, right? And I was like, man, I don't know if I want one. I don't know if I want to put all my money down on this. I've got a chance to rent it. Even, let's say I liked the game but didn't love it. That's going to make me so much less likely to buy the system. The titles were so limited. Four games you could rent before the system came out. My opinion, I think that put a bad spin on the Dreamcast right out of the gate. People who were excited would get the system, would be disappointed, would be let down, and then not buy the, not buy the actual console when it comes out. I think it was a really bad decision. I think it was very badly formed. Well, if I may jump in here. Yes. Listen, first of all, I think we can all agree the Dreamcast, this game, and like a five-day window for 20 bucks, that's a screaming good deal. Two days. Oh, two days. Two nights. Three days, two nights. That's still a good deal. Three days. Yes. I would have done that. Uh, if I had access to it and would have tried it out, was it a was it a dumb move? It wasn't the smartest thing I've ever heard. You're right because uh, yes, there are limited differences. Also, it's, calling it limited edition that's that's an odd <laughs> choice. I saw a few of these games are called that. I guess the deal is they went to go buy the full version, but I mean this is the full version. Yeah, the audio may be a little wacky or whatever. You're you're getting the game here. Such as it is. Yes. Uh, and it's odd that it was ready to go, and they just didn't release it when it was, you know. It wasn't ready to go. This is based off the Japanese code. Right, but they let it, they put it out there. So that tells me it wasn't that far from the it wasn't, pay window. You're right. It so wasn't why, far off. Why correct. would you do that? Well, I mean, I, like you said, let's Hollywood video drive a dump truck full of money up to Sega. But this is Sega. The bad decision-making king dogs. That's true. They never saw something they couldn't screw up, and this is a Dreamcast. <laughs> their biggest accomplishment. They, the best thing they ever did, that it went down a toilet because they're dumb. They did a bunch of dumb stuff. So this is another thing in a long line of dumb things that they did. Was this what killed the Dreamcast? No. No. Did it help? It didn't help. That's for sure. It may help kill it. You know, did, did, did Hollywood video make out on this? I don't know. I, I could not find any numbers. I'm not sure I'd be keen to rent the whole Dreamcast out to somebody. For tw- I mean, that seems like, a you know, mom used to rent me VCRs or blah, but it's just like, it costs like 80 bucks. You had to put a deposit down. You know, I don't know what if we had to put I, I a deposit bet, on these. I, oh, I'm sure you did. And I bet more than a few Dreamcasts never came back to the store. You know, but I disagree with you, by the way, on the internet side of this. I knew people that had Dreamcast. I knew very few that actually ventured online with them. So I don't know if that was that big a deal in the States. 
if I'm honest. I'm not saying people didn't want to do it, or you know, but also, who's going to want? I mean, what are you going to do with it? It's like they, they had a limited amount of gains. By the time it got rolling over here, I mean, the Dreamcast never. After its initial its initial launch, it never really picked up Correct. much steam. You're right. You know, and so uh, that's not really a, tight, uh, a point of contention. Call it a limited edition. That's something else. If you're going to go and rent something for twenty bucks, do you want to rent the thing that's called limited edition? I don't know what it is. I mean, that's the best they could. They could have called it special edition or something. Rental Let's, edition. Why not rental how about edition? Sonic Adventure. Eh. <laughs> how about well, that? Here's the final kick to the cry. There's more kick so, to the groin? Let's say you rented the Dreamcast. All right. You got your game. Yeah. You were playing Sonic Adventure. Yeah. You know, maybe you rented it a couple times. Maybe, you know, you have a life, so you weren't able to get all the way through. The story's... Up. You had a life. So if you played this all the way through, no life. Yeah. Well, no, in, in, two, day, in, in, in two days. All right. In two days. A valid point. Okay. So so you got it. You know, you, you played out. You said, you know what? I'm getting this. I, I'm getting the Sonic game. I'm getting it when it comes out. Yeah. Bam. I've got my I got my memory card because they already had that kind of crap on sale. Yeah. I got it. I got my stuff saved. I'm good to go. Come on, American release. Dreamcast comes. You put in your Sonic uh, Adventure game. Your memory card won't work with it. Oh, no. <laughs> so there's no memory card compatible with limited edition. Limited right? edition and Sonic Adventures not compatible. And you're not buying limited edition, <laughs> no. for sure. Oh, no, you're not. Yes, that's sort of the cherry on top of the, of the crap <laughs> Sunday right there. Horrible. They're idiots. Liberty Commodore should have put out something. They should have put. They should have got together. What happened to them? My God, what a stupid move! You're right, Brent. That was dumb. So there you go. Maybe not a special game, but I could not pass up the story. I believe we got a review of this we as did. well. Yeah, I've got Aaron. it right here. But by the way, before I get to the review, so take out the stupidity. Okay. I'm, I'm still not whatever this year where you stand on this thing. Is, it, is this a C title for you or lower? I don't mean limited edition. I just mean in general. No. No, it's better than that. So you're uh, giving this the old B minus. The, the, the reviews for this game, while, oh, while a lot of the spectrum, uh, usually rated it 9 or 10 out of 10. Yeah, really? Yeah. I it, think that's it, it, it got uh, a lot of praise when it came out. I, For me personally, no, it's nowhere near that. But I understand what they were doing. I respect the mechanics of the game. I would probably put it more in the uh, 7 range. Um, my personal feelings on it, I'd put it like a 4. Because this isn't my type. This isn't what wow. I want out of a Sonic Very game. Real. But it's not because the game's bad. That's just my personal taste. Here's a, here's a quick quiz. 2023, 2D or 3D Sonic? Which one do you 2D, want? 2D, 100%. There it is. And, but I don't play Sonic at all. There you so, go. so you don't want any Sonic. Well, I would rather have it as a, a 2D platformer than a 3D you adventure. You hate it, don't you? You, 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 hate, <laughs> no. you hate your mascot. But Jocko chimed in and gave me this sort of world. He says... I get the developers and game designers were still finding their feet with 3D, but when you consider that Crash Bandicoot came out three years earlier, the fact that this game is such a mess is quite frankly amazing. By the way, see, me and Pajaka are like in lockstep. It has some strong elements of Sonic in there, so I can really see they were trying what they were trying to do here, but th- this just falls short at almost every step. The rings also feel difficult to pick up, as if their hitbox is too small, which is something the original 2D games never suffered from. So there's a bit of backtracking to pick them up. 
The thing that really killed it for me, though, was the camera. It's all over the place. It is all over sometimes the place. Sometimes swing wildly around, and sometimes hiding the game view all together. Walton well, hides behind a wall, pretending that the game doesn't exist, Burial. Yeah. I had to give up playing this after about 30 minutes. The game started glitching out, which may have been my emulator, or just that the game wasn't quite ready. But basically, Sonic started passing through things and falling to his death. But honestly, given the awful, awful camera and controls, I don't think... I would have played much longer anyway. Really nicely presented for the game of its time with good use of early cutscenes and story, but poor gameplay lets this lets it all down. One to avoid or play on real hardware. If that makes a difference, five out of ten. And, and to be fair, to mention on the camera, that is by far the widest criticism of Sonic Adventure, uh, limited edition or otherwise. Yeah. The, the camera, they tried to do a lot of cinematic stuff. In some places it works. In some places it absolutely does not. Yeah, we played a lot um, of games on this show that in the early days of 3D, the camera was always a problem. By the way, is this one of these high dollar games if you can pick it up now? From what I found, unfortunately, I don't have internet to get rock bottom right now prices. Um, these actually go cheaper than you would expect. Yeah. Uh, for just the disc. Uh, usually in the two hundred dollar range. Oh man, still uh, too much to pay. The, the complete package, I I don't know. This is one of those. Things. It's not like the Star Racer sixty four where you're getting a game you couldn't get. This is a game that's is pretty much the crappier version of a, of a game that's already there. So this is one day only for the purest of collectors. Yes, it's only for the title screen that says limited edition and the disc that says limited edition. And, and, that's and, it. It's, it's, that would be madness. So if you're a madman who's just throwing money at the wall, go pick this up or come here. So rental exclusive games. Are you sad? You know, I want to get back before we move on. You know, no one rents stuff anymore. Like of course that, not. You know, are you sad? Do you miss heading over to Blockbuster and kind of surveying the wall of stuff, trying to pick out a movie that way? It was an interesting time, and there was a lot of fun to go down to your video store, see what was new, try something that you when you nothing was there you wanted, just break a random chance at it. Did you enjoy well, this era? It was a different world. It was yeah, a different was. time uh, because you couldn't. Outside of magazines, there was no internet to go and find out all these games that were coming out. So when you went to the rental wall and you saw something new, that was, for a lot of the time, the first time you ever saw that game. Yeah. And that's exciting. And those are memories that I will always have. Um I remember when you rented Urban Champions for me, yeah. and that game was so bad, you felt bad for renting it. Yeah, and if sorry I, about that. And if I remember correctly, you went back to the store and got another, uh, rented me another game. You admit, from the surface, that looks like it's our kind of game. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And then it's not. <laughs> um, but much like the demo scene on PC, uh, I, I cherish the moments I had with those. But in today's modern world, there's just no place for it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you, you got to let that kind of stuff go. It's funny to think about. We used to, I, I so I have nostalgia <laughs> for look, thinking about going back and looking at these things, and then it occurs to me that I've got access to everything ever made, yeah. all the time. And so, Blockbuster, and also the people that ran it were scumbags. Let's spin well, the wheel. What do we got here this week? To we plan? added. We definitely added a piece. Oh, here we go. Come on, uh, Oh, Anaglyph 3D Games. This is red and blue 3D games. So what's it called again? Anti what? Anti something. <laughs> there you go. And our retro rewind is the uh, Aquarius. 
Oh, the God. Let's, let's not have the Donnie of the Age of Aquarius. I, I like the Aquarius. I'm not up for that. No. I never. Oh, God. There's a piece trying to run away. Yeah, you didn't put that one in all the way. Look at that. It didn't make it, though. <laughs> Please, not Aquarius. What we got? We've got games you like, but your brother will hate. <laughs> Who, who came up with that? That one? was a Dave Velociraptor. Dave and Velociraptor. Games you like, Dave likes but your brother play. will hate. Well, that's it, gonna be easy. It'll be fun to play some Arkanoid next week. I'll have to find out which one I want to pick out there. So that should be interesting. Thanks, Dave, because we're gonna go to war over that. So, Brent, here we are at the end of the show. Another show. We got through the rain. We made it through the rain. And I've got only one thing to plug this week, and bam, it's the International Computer Club. Yes. Kicking off August, uh, oh, that's not, the date's wrong on that. That's the old Computer Club date. It's September 2nd. That went over this area. Watch this, Brent. There we go. Uh, Computer Club. Uh, It'll be September 2nd, 2023 at 5 p.m. Sign up. The sign-up sheet is... Uh, in the uh, Discord right now, come, come and sign up. Should be a lot of fun. Now, Brent, we got to talk about something here because me and Bo went into it, so we might as well just go ahead and get into it now a little bit. I mean, because there's still it's a little bit of it up in the air. But uh, uh, we announced on R. Sinclair that you, the Brent, will be taking over the reins from the boat uh, on R. Sinclair going forward, and we might as well just go ahead and spill the beans on all this stuff. That's where, because we're uh, filming these shows in advance for the last month here. Uh, do you want me to just get into it, or do you want to take over here? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you made it this far in the show, kudos, you get a little bit of insider baseball. Well, it's not inside, it's outside baseball now. We're giving her the ball. I am going to be taking over all of the non amigo shows uh, right. from John. John has some. Uh, Life that's going to need a little more time than he's able. He has to give he's right now. He's overbooked himself. He's he's doing. He's going back to school. He's doing something with the church. His wife's opening a restaurant. He's triple booked. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take over those reins so we can still uh, uh, issue forth some amazing product to all the fans who want to hear it. So it, starting in September. 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 Uh, it'll be actually September 3rd will be our first uh, cha- schedule change. Uh, we are going to be intertwining some of those other shows uh, into this Sunday morning time slot. Yeah, let me let me make it clear. So, Coco's show, we, we had a choice here when Bo had to withdraw from a bunch of these shows. We had a choice. We could have just... Put them, put them down, which we didn't want to do. Or we could keep them going. We're getting this old yeller, old, yeah, old Coco show. <laughs> and so what we decided to do was, and we thought this actually, it works out real well, believe it or not. What we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to have Amigos every Friday. And then every Sunday, we're going to have this slot. Every other week, it's going to be ARG. So, for example, uh, January or uh, September 3rd, ARG. A week later on the 10th, it's going to be R. Sinclair. A week la- later, another ARG. A week later, we'll do Atari ST. And we're going, to go, we're going to go back and forth. So what does this mean? This means at the end of the year, we're going to be doing uh, 26 ARGs in a year. Yes. We're going to be doing, uh, I think it was 14 R. Sinclairs in a year. So actually, R. Sinclair will get two extra shows 
And then the Atari ST show and the Coco show, I think are getting like seven shows. Six. Each. Six. So those, those will go down a little bit. Ours and Clear go up a little bit. And ARG will be uh, bi weekly, every other week. Yeah. That's the way we're going to do it. It should work out pretty well. And uh, Brent's got, the good thing is, the lucky thing is, this is real lucky. You're probably the only person I could say this about. We've done so much. Uh, with so many different systems on ARG that Brent's already played all these systems several well, times. Yeah, you know, and I've sat in on all the shows. I, I, I kind of get the vibe. Some thing, there are going to be uh, some visual changes. There's going to be, hopefully, hopefully, we're going to be uh, uh, putting up some new locations. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of new stuff that's going to kind of issue forth this change, and, and we're hoping animals, sexy chicks, the whole nine yards, <laughs> we're, we're dancing. Ho- we're hoping everyone sticks around and enjoys what we have moving forward. Yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it's all going to be positive changes. And if there's any questions or comments you want to send over, or our thoughts, uh, ARG presents at mail.com. Send, send over your uh, questions, comments. And, and we will uh, get into them. It's one of those things, you know, Boat, uh, uh, a couple years ago, Boat had to leave uh, all the other shows, uh, uh, but Amigos, and... Uh, we added him to the wheel. <laughs> and we, but we, me and Britt tried to pick up the slack, and it was one of those situations where we either we either took the shows over or they were going to go away. I don't... I didn't want to stop doing them. I like... Yeah. I love the Sinclair. I love the Coco. I'm learning to appreciate the ST. You know, so those shows are uh, a lot of fun. And for us to slip them in here, to be cool, it gives us a break from ARG every week. It's every two weeks. Plus, every two weeks, it's still plenty of ARG. I don't think that'll be a problem. And Boat still gets to get you doing Amigos. And me and Boat will also do Ask the Amigos, too. So we'll put something out that's more... Um, we'll put some sort of literature out there so you can understand how it's going to go down or, or a, a way to... to uh, to, uh, We're gonna to carpet bomb uh, the United States, UK, and Australia, and New Zealand with handy pamphlets that you can yeah. read to understand what's going to be coming sure to your pull, area. I'm not sure we can pull that off. <laughs> so anyway, more in the future. Any questions? It's ARG at mail.com. You got any final thoughts after that mess? Nope. Let's get out of here. Have a good week, everybody. Get rid of you a couple flicks. Kick back the pad with some popcorn, or just open up your phone. Adios. Yeah.